So today we're going to be talking about uh, honoring your mom and dad. A few years ago, our pastoral staff uh, decided to do like a little in-town retreat. So we went for lunch, and we went down to Breakout Birmingham. How many, how many of you have been to, how many have been to Breakout Birmingham? Any, anybody been to Breakout Birmingham? Like four of you? Okay. I don't, it's like, okay, 10 of 12, 15. All right. Breakout Birmingham is this um, group game. You go, you, know, you go and you pay and register and all that, and you get in this room. And when you're in the room, uh, it's a sort of a puzzle mystery game. You have to figure out how to get out. Right? So you just have to work together. You don't really know what's going on. You don't know where you're at. You don't know the rules. They just throw you in this room, and you have to figure out how to get out of the room. And there's a lot of clues and all this, and you've got one hour. And like, if you don't make it an hour, in our case, your manhood is destroyed. You're completely, you know, you're completely destroyed. So you have to, you have to figure out, because you won't be able to even admit that you've ever been there if you didn't break out. So that's the whole thing. And the clock on the wall is just running down the whole time. And so they shove us, you know, seven or eight of us pastors in this room. We're standing there, and there's like siding and a little deck thing and a door, and that's it. And I don't know if you understand, um, we, we have a very unique uh, pastoral staff. This is a pretty mischievous group, and, so, and pretty competitive. So I don't know if you understand, when you say, we're putting you in here, find it, I, we're this close to dismantling the entire room. I mean, siding's coming off, ceiling tile's coming off. I'm going to go up through the air duct and climb out. I mean, we're coming out of this thing. There's, there's no, nothing off limits. And so the guy, we're standing there, and we're stuck in the first room. The clock's just rolling down. We can't get out. And, and the guy comes over the speaker and goes, Hey, look down. Because, I mean, we're just stuck, you know. We're like, okay, look down. So we're looking down. Lower. Okay. All right. Uh, apparently, you know, we're morons. Lower. You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. No, no, that's cold. That's very, very cold. Getting warmer. So finally, we were able to break this trap that had a key in it that unlocked the door, and we didn't know there were several other rooms that you had to, you know, go through. Well, uh, I brought a little picture so you could see. There we are. We broke out. 53 minutes, 24 seconds. Yes! We broke out! Which is the only way we'd be here today, right? We'd still be locked in that room. I don't know if it's a portal to eternity. I'm not sure how that works. But it does remind me, that feeling reminds me of the feeling I get when I read this scripture about honoring your mom and dad, Exodus 20, 20 uh, 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It was repeated again in Ephesians 6, 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So here it is. Honor your father and mother. And I, when I hear that, I go, really? Like that's it? I, I feel like there's some stuff left out. I feel like I did when they threw us in that room and they said, there's really not any rules. Get out. You're on your own. That's how I feel when I read that verse because I've got some questions. What if your parents were jerks? What if you were neglected? What if you were abused? What if one of your parents was an alcoholic or a drug addict or abused you or neglected you? Or What if you don't know who your mom or dad is? How do you honor that? It just reminds me of that feeling I had when we were stuck in Birmingham trying to get out. I just sort of thrown in the room and said, here, get out. The rest is up to you. If you have great parents, then it will be very easy and natural for you to honor them. The, the better they are, the easier it is to honor them 
the worse they are, the harder it is and more challenging it is to honor them. So this morning, let's talk for a minute about what is honor. Well, you may be aware of this. The Bible was not originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew, the Old Testament, and Greek, the New Testament. And you have to go back to those languages sometimes to understand what the English word we have means. So the English word we have, honor, we go back to the Greek language to try to understand, can, can we learn more about that word? Here's what that word means. It means to value. Sort of like uh, 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 if you were to hold a gold bar in your hand. It's heavy. It's weighty. It's, it's precious. It's valuable. I, I can remember, I've never ha- held a gold bar in my hand, but I can remember, uh, I think it was uh, the Space Center in Huntsville. We went and they had some kind of, you know, rock. You probably had this uh, happen to you somewhere. Some rock that looks like it's about that big, and you pick it up, and you go, whoa, whoa. And you go, hey, hold that. That's a lot heavier than you think it is. Well, that's what this word means. Honor is a lot heavier than you think it is. It's more than it looks like. And, and so in Isaiah chapter 29, 13, we learn a little bit more about honor other than just it's to value or it's heavier than we think it is. Verse 13 says, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So honor's not something that you can fake. It's more than just saying the right words. It has to be connected to your heart. So I'm, I'm kind of piecing this verse in Isaiah and the understanding of the word honor from the New Testament together to try to cobble together an understanding of what honor is. So here's how it f- sounds to me. Honor is to value from the heart. Honor is to value from the heart. That's what it means to honor. So this morning, how, how do you value from the heart your mom and dad. How would you do that? Let me give you some thoughts. If you have something to write with you, you might want to jot these down. Number one, obey your parents. <laughs> now, already, right? You ever seen a cat's back go up? Yeah. Already, I know the word obey is not a very popular word in our society today. And before you call you know, 1-800-I've-been-abused, let me just, give me a minute, time out, let me just explain what this means. Ephesians 6 1, just so you know, I didn't make this up and I'm not mad at my kids and taking it out on you. Ephesians 6 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, this must be really, really important to God because He said it twice in Colossians 3 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, the next question that we usually get after a time like this is well, how long does that last? I'm not a child anymore. You know, I'm like 13. (laughs) How much longer? We got to do this. I haven't taken the time to research the implications of that through Scripture. However, I can give you my best guess. I would say as long as you live at home. So if you're 5 or 15 or 25, if you're living at home... I don't know, I would say you probably should be obeying your parents at any age. So one of the things that we always try to teach our kids is that God put us in their life as parents to teach them how to obey. Why why would he do that? Because God 
wants to be obeyed. And where, where else would, a, would you and I ever have the best opportunity to learn how to do that than right there in our own family from our own parents? So what we've said to our kids and try to teach our kids is, look, one day God is going to ask you to do some really great things. And if you, if you haven't learned to obey, then you probably won't obey him either. And so it's very important that you learn this because he's going to ask you to do some greater things than we'll ever ask you to do. And we don't want you to miss that opportunity. See, when the, when the big opportunity comes along and God presents you with it, you've either learned obedience or you haven't. And you're probably not going to learn it in the moment. So here's what I found. The big moments of life are not opportunities to become something else. The big opportunities in life reveal what you have already become. And so it's too late to learn obedience there. And so one of the things that we all benefit from is learning from our parents just this simple habit of obeying because we have a Father in heaven who is perfect, unlike our parents who aren't, who is perfect and deserves complete and total obedience. So all the kids living with your parents, learn obedience now because God's going to ask you to do something for Him and it may even be really hard to do. And if you haven't learned obedience, you, you probably won't do it. Also, honors from the heart, we said, so obedience should be from the heart. A prisoner can obey the guard, but in his heart, hate him. And that's not what it means to honor. That's not from the heart. Honor is more than just about external compliance. It's about language and attitude and facial expression. So here's the second one. The second way we can honor our parents. Accept your parents. Everyone goes through stages of acceptance of their parents. And everybody in the room, right, has a story about how your parents mistreated you. Everybody's been mistreated by their parents to some degree or another because there are no perfect parents, right? Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story about that time your parents were wrong. Everybody's got a story about how your parents embarrassed you. Come on, teenagers. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. You have a story about that time. How many of you, your parents have ever embarrassed you? Come on, somebody raise your hand. Yeah, some of it went way up too fast. Didn't mean to ruin lunch. But I, I found some examples of some things parents had done to embarrass their kids, and, and uh, I just want to show them to you. So there's this guy who was taking his daughter out. It's her first time to drive. Yeah? So he thought he'd just play it up a little bit. All right, here's another one. Quality pairing. I lied to my dad. Oh, man. Come on, dad. Come on, dad. That's tough, man. All right, here's, a, here's another one. Okay, you might not get this readily. The, what the mom and dad did is reenacted their son's profile on social media. Just, he's like, what's up, y'all? What's up, dog? He put it on there. So anyway, go dad. Okay, so a teenage girl walks into the bedroom and wa sees her dad reading his text through the magnifying glass. Not cool. Not cool. I just need you to know that. All right, last one. Okay. How many of you got the overly affectionate parents in public? Come on, Mom, get off me. Friends are around here. Got lipstick on my face. 
Yes, I had one of those moms, bless her heart. So acceptance is one of the major hurdles that we have to cross to honor our parents. The older you get, the more you see your parents' faults, the more you see the chinks in their armor, and it's important that you learn to accept them in spite of their weaknesses. Now, maybe you're sitting here thinking this morning, but I didn't have a choice who my parents are. You don't know who they are. You know what? They didn't get to choose you. You ever thought about that? Maybe they looked around at other kids and said, I wish our kid acted like that. You ever thought about that? I mean, it's kind of a two-way street there. You know, you're stuck with them, but they're stuck with you. And regardless how good or bad or in between your parents are, there's something they gave you that no one on earth has ever given you. They gave you life. They gave you life. Reminding yourself of that gift helps you accept them. Oscar Wilde said, Children begin by loving their parents. As they grow older, they judge them. Sometimes they forgive them. Can I just encourage you today? Be the one that forgives because all parents need forgiveness because all parents have done something wrong. And part of acceptance is forgiveness. And the fact is we often hurt those we love the most and sometimes we do it on purpose and sometimes we don't do it on purpose. We do it on accident. But you honor your parents when you accept them. Forgive them. Romans 15, 7 says, Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Now, is that verse written specifically about parents? No, but it is written about humans. And your parents, newsflash, are humans. And so, this verse gives us the greatest motivation for accepting our parents because we've been accepted by Christ. Do you see that? Then just as Christ accepted you. Accept your parents because Christ accepted you and accept your parents the way that Christ accepted you. Flaws and all. And that's how we can honor our parents by accepting them the same way. Number three, express gratitude to your parents. Now, you can be grateful for their effort. I, I, those of you who aren't parents um, may not understand the, the extreme pain and work. Being a parent is difficult and it's uh, energy draining and it's demanding and it's unpredictable and it, it's really, really hard work and it takes a lot of energy just to physically uh, help a child survive just to feed and to clothe and let alone to teach them anything. Have you ever considered how much easier your parents' life would have been without you? <laughs> you ever thought about that? Like how much less heartache they would have gone through? Do you know what the gray hairs on their head is about? It's about you. That's what it's about. You put those there. You probably aren't even aware of the number of times they saved your life. I had no idea when I first became a parent that I would have to li literally save my child's life at one time or another. Saved you or saved one of your limbs or from losing a finger or from putting a fork into a wall socket or to jumping off something you shouldn't jump off or poking your eye out. Like parenting is rescue. <laughs> That's what it is. A lot of it. And I don't know when the last time it is that you just thank your parents for that. 
Parenting's a lot of sacrifice, too. Um, it's expensive. Do you know today the average child cost $250,000 to raise? You will spend a quarter of a million dollars. That's the average on each child. And that, by the way, is before college, which is now $800 billion. <laughs> How much that is. So think about that. I heard a story about a family that was doing a family portrait. And uh, so the dad said, hey, uh, as he was trying to set the pose up, he said, hey, do you mind for the picture if we can just take my kids' hands and put them in my pocket so it'll look natural? Be grateful for what your parents went through to get you to where you are. Number four, affirm and care for your parents. See, the older your parents get, the less respect society's going to give to them. Now, it may not be unique to America, but I would say it is unique in the world. Most countries in the world, respect grows for people as they age. Not in America. In America, we, we don't have respect for that for some reason or another. And what happens is, as your parents age, is their peers start to die. And they become more lonely and more lonely. And they're no longer wanted in the marketplace for their skill and wisdom. And they, they can experience intense loneliness. And your parents need to know that they've made some kind of positive contribution to your life. So every time you thank them or you call them or you send a text or you share good news with them or send them a letter or include them and involve them in your life somehow and let them be part of that celebration, even if it's across distance, it's an incredible way to honor them. See, all the flowers in the world at a funeral are not going to honor them. Those flowers are about you. It's not about them. So if you're going to send flowers, send the flowers while you can Send the flowers while there's time. 1 Timothy 5, 4 says, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. About 10 years ago, my mom, her health had gotten really, really bad. Uh, she had to have quadruple bypass surgery Two of her arteries were 100% blocked. The other two were 80%. She was barely alive. And she fainted on me in Walmart one day. And, and I was, live out of town, so I wasn't aware how bad it was. And we, you, you've got to do something. And so she went through the process. It's time for surgery. We had, we had a day and a half's notice. This surgery's coming. We live, I live seven hours away from my mom at the time. And so we had to juggle with two young kids. How, we, how am I going to get there? And so I left at 3.30 one morning. I arrived at the hospital about um, 9 o'clock. And they were going to prep her after and, and take her into surgery uh, j just after that. So I knew that my mom would never remember me being there before the surgery. Because all that she was going to go through would wipe those later memories away. But I knew she knew it then. And so I just went to, to sit with her and to talk to her and to be with her. And um, after the surgery, it was, boy, it was rough. It was a long surgery, and it was complicated. And I can remember the first time they let me go in to see her. I went into the ICU room, and there she was. 
you know, the, the woman who had given so much to me, who had wiped my face and fed me dinner, always been kind to me, and always been strong. She'd always persevered and been faithful and overcome whatever problems that came into her life and had sacrificed so much. And now there I looked at her and she was so, so weak and fragile and um, hooked up to so many machines. I didn't even know what they all did. And I just was trying to see if she even knew I was in the room. And I would put chapstick on her lips and feed her little ice chips and just try to be with her. And so as I sat at the foot of her bed, I just stared at her. And I thought, wow, how can this be? How did the, how did the roles flip so quick? So I stayed as long as they would let me, and they told me we had to, I had to go. She needed to rest, so I left. I went back to her little trailer, and I was going to do some things for her there and clean up and go back. And her little, my mom has a, um, such a warm hospitality about her. And so she always provided such an atmosphere. I don't think I had ever been in that particular place she lived without her there. And it was so empty without her. And I just walked through that empty little trailer. And it was so quiet I could hear the compressor on the refrigerator kick on. And as I passed the refrigerator I happened to see something hanging right there. And it was a card that I had sent her about two years before that. And I just decided I wanted to take a few months and I wanted to really reflect on my mom's life and I wanted to write down everything she meant to me. And I wanted her to know it. And so I just really worked on it and I wrote that out in that card and I sent her that card and there she had it hanging on the refrigerator. I didn't even notice. It was on the side. And I pulled that card off, and I looked at it, and I held it in my hand, and I held it really tight, and I closed my eyes, and I said, God, I'm so grateful that she knows how I feel, because what if something would have happened to her, and she didn't know? What if she didn't know? And... I was able to go back to the hospital and see her, and she recovered and did well. But it just reminds me, you never know. Does your mom and dad know how you feel? Do they, do they know what you mean to them? Make sure, please, make sure somehow you communicate to them how valuable they are which is what the Bible teaches us is honor that's what honor is so <laughs> because I believe full disclosure is an important thing I'll give you the other half of the story <laughs> a couple years later I can remember the Holy Spirit really convicting my heart because I had never communicated that fully with my dad and I really didn't know why. I, I, never, I didn't think about it. I just didn't do it. It's the way it was. And so I had told my dad I loved him, and I had written him a couple letters 
because my dad's not a Christian and never has been, and I wrote him a couple letters just telling him how much I think God loves him and wants to be in his life, and um, just never, never got much of a response from that. And, and I, I really, as the Holy Spirit convicted me, I can remember feeling so uncomfortable. This was eight or nine years ago, maybe ten years ago. And when I backed up and I kept thinking, why do I not want to do the same thing for my dad that I did for my mom? It came down to this. My mom was a Christian. She taught me about faith. She loved me unconditionally. She invested in my life in great ways. My dad loved me, but he was a very, he's a very complicated person. And a lot of the pain that had come into my life had come as an overflow of his own brokenness. And when I had to be honest about it, the honest truth was, I thought she deserved it, and I didn't think he did. And that's why I never did it. And I had to learn something. I had to learn that that's not what honor's about. Honor's not about what you deserve. And so I went through a little healing process, and I sat down, and I wrote out the same things for my dad. Dad, this is what you did for me, because there's a lot of good things he did for me. And I wrote those things down, and I put it in a card, and I sent it off. And can I tell you when I sent it off, um, it did something in me that was important. So that's a great place to stop and talk for a few minutes about what do, you, what do you do when maybe your parents haven't acted in honorable ways. Well, let me say this to you first. It's your parents' job to teach you to honor them. And even if they don't teach you that, it's your job to learn it. It's your job to learn it. It's my job to learn it. So today we kind of come to learn it. So what do you do if your parents really are dysfunctional? That's what we're talking about. Well, let me tell you what honor does not mean. We talked about what it does mean. Let me tell you what it does not mean. It doesn't mean that you don't have the right to honestly evaluate your parents. Some people think it's dishonorable to be honest about their parents' strengths and weaknesses. Now, you don't have to put it on Facebook. You don't have to publicize it. But you, in order for you to take the steps of honoring your mom and dad the way God wants you to, it may be necessary for you to be very honest with yourself and maybe with somebody you trust about their strengths and weaknesses. It, 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 does, it doesn't mean that you have to be overwhelmed by some phenomenal sense of emotional love for them. It doesn't mean that you have to deny any neglect or abuses or wrongs or addictions or dysfunctions or spiritual blindness that they have. You don't have to deny those. It doesn't even mean that you have to personally enjoy their company because there may be some issues there that prevent that from happening. It doesn't mean that you continually navigate your life around their dysfunctions in order to keep false peace. Doesn't mean that. Honor's not predicated, though, on your parents changing anything. God didn't say, feel love, have affection for, enjoy the company of, pursue fulfilling communication with. What he did say is honor. And so I want to give you a couple of thoughts about how do you honor your parents if one of them or both of them is highly dysfunctional. Here's a, here's a key thought. Honor what is honorable. Because most people, if not everybody, has something good about their life. Something good that they've done. 
something, some good contribution that they've made. And you can honor that part. You can honor that good trait. You can honor that good thing inside them. Also, one of the very good things about your parents is that they are your parents, and that role is a God-given role. And so you can honor the role. Regardless of how good or bad of a steward they've been with that role, you can honor the role. And by doing that, you honor God. See, honor's not about posture. It's about position. They may have postured incorrectly in their role as a parent. And you may have suffered because of it. But it doesn't change the fact that God has, has sanctified and honored the role. And therefore, you do yourself a favor if you honor that role. So I am to honor those that God put in my life and gave positions of authority in my life. I'm to honor them. That's what this means. Here's another thing you can do. You can create safe zones. So you may say, look, I can't relate to my parents in this category or in this way or in this location or in this subject because it's not going to go well. Then don't. Find the spaces and the times and the subjects and the places where you and your parents can connect best and honor them in that safe zone. I'm reminded of the story of Noah. You probably heard this story. God destroyed the whole world with a flood. God told Noah to build an ark with he and his family. He had three sons. They rode it out on the ark. They came off the ark. And uh, shortly, sometime after that, Noah got like stone cold drunk. I love the honesty of the Bible. I'm not hiding this. He got stone cold drunk out of his mind. Why? I don't know. Was it because humanity had been destroyed? Was it because all his peers had died in a flood? Who knows? But for some reason he did. He got so drunk out of his mind, he stripped all of his clothes off. He walked into his cave or bed or whatever it was, and he laid down there naked and drunk and fell asleep. One of his sons went in and saw him and then came out and made fun of him. said, oh, man, Dad has lost his mind and, and started making fun of him and embarrassing his dad and shaming him. The other two sons went in and walked in backwards. They wouldn't even look at him. They didn't want any shame on their dad. They walked in backwards with a blanket, and they laid the blanket over his body, and they covered him. Now, let me show you something interesting that happened in Scripture. The son that dishonored Noah as their father, even though he was wrong, he was very wrong, but even though he was wrong, the son that dishonored Noah is never spoken about positively again anywhere in the Bible after that moment. However, Noah, the one who was stone-cold drunk, makes it into Hebrews 11, which is the chapter in the Bible where God honors people of great faith. Now you tell me what God honors. <laughs> Honor is a very big deal to God. So let's read it one more time. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So here's the benefit of honor, that it may go well with you. When you honor 
the role when you honor the good part, when you honor those who God has put in your life, it goes better for you. And you will enjoy a long life. That's the way that you move through this. Now, this morning as we close this service, one thing you and I all have in common, everybody in the room is not a parent, but everybody in the room has parents. We're all somebody's child, right? And so this morning what I want to do is I want to end this service with, with a blessing, I wanted this morning, just, I wrote something, it's not even good, <laughs> but it communicates something from the heart that I think is important about valuing our parents from our heart. Would you just stand with me this morning? Some of you are going are gonna to do this and it's going to be very easy and very natural for you to honor your parents because you had great parents. What a blessing. What a joy. Every good thing your mom and dad put in your life, how good that is. And it's going to be such a joy and so easy for you. Some of you, your parents are gone but what you can do is you can honor their memory and you can speak these things and honor what they deposited in you. Some of you, it'll be very, very hard to even repeat some of the words I'm going to ask you to read because there's issues, right? There's things lodged between you and your mom or dad that, that may, maybe the fact that they're hard to say tells you that some things have not quite been resolved and they need to be. So today, I just want to ask you to repeat this with me and make a choice. Will you, will you value from your heart your mom and dad and will you do your best to do what God says? because it's better for you or will you wait longer so here it is we'll put it on the screen and I just want to ask you to repeat these words out loud with me and just make this choice are you ready today I choose to honor my parents I forgive them for their sins release them for any wrong they've done to me and I accept their failures. I honor my parents for the good things they've done for me and the role they fill in my life. I am grateful for their good qualities that now live in me. By God's grace, I will love, accept, and honor my parents the way that Jesus has done those things for me. Would you close your eyes for a minute? And I want to ask the prayer team if you'd come. And I just want to make this very simple today. If you're here today and your mom or dad needs prayer, maybe they're sick, maybe they're suffering, maybe they're hurting, maybe there's a strain in the relationship between you and them, I'm just going to ask you to let one of our prayer team 
just pray with you. Now, here's why we do this. Because I believe when we pray, things change. Things change. Or why, or why else would we pray? And so today, I'm not going to draw it out. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to sing for a minute, and I'm going to ask you to come. If there's an issue, there's a sickness, your parents are struggling today. They're on your heart for some reason. I just want you to come let somebody pray with you and agree with you that God's going to do a breakthrough in your parents' life or in your relationship. Lord, I thank you today for my mom and dad, and I thank you for the blessing that they've given me. And I thank you, Lord, that I have been given life by them. And I just pray today that you would reveal wherever the issues are. And God, I pray today you'd lift moms and dads up and they'd be honored and blessed and healed and strengthened. And so, Lord, today we just give this moment to you. With every eye closed, if you need to come, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now and just let somebody pray with you about your mom and dad. Would you come right now? Maybe they're in the hospital today like my mom was. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they have a need that's not been met. Go ahead, worship team and lead us. Would you come right now? Just let us pray, pray with you about your parents. We'll just sing one time through and we'll be dismissed. I will build my